This is a Sprite. And it tastes exactly like it sounds. That first hit of cool, crisp refreshment on your tongue. Followed by that familiar chorus we all know by heart. Sprite. Thirst for yours. Hey guys, this episode of Life is Dope is brought to you by Megafauna. Uh, Megafauna is a creative supply located at 31st and Blake in the Rhino Art District in Denver, Colorado. For a full list of design, print, and creative services, they're available at artperil.com. That is artperil.com. The set curator for Life is Dope is Duncan Dash Designs. For all of your interior design and art curator needs, visit duncandash.com. Catering and beverage is sponsored by Barrels Beer Company, located in the Rhino Art District. Barrels is a true small batch brewer located at 3120 Blake Street. Check him out at BarrelsBeerCo.com. Drink up. Also, shout out to The Sessions. They're an affiliate media partner that produces a live music event bi-monthly as a platform for independent musicians and artists. Check them out at The Sessions Uncut on Facebook. Hell yeah. Nigga. Nigga, that was official. Hold up. Clap it up for me. Give him a clap. Yo, clap it up. Life is Dope Podcast, I'm your man Graffiti. Hey, what's going on? This is Davey. And this time, we're just going straight to the guest. It's my man Mike Gomez in the building. Y'all make some noise for Mike. Hey, give it up. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, bro. So for the people that don't know, just introduce yourself. Let them know who you are, what you do. Uh, my government is uh, Michael Gomez, uh, but everybody knows me as President Gomez. Fogo Management, I'm a music manager, run a record label, some other things too. Also work at RCA. Where, where? Dope. Flex. Hella flex. What do you do at RCA? Uh, I run all the conferences and events nationwide for uh, Blueprint RCA. If okay. you guys don't know what that is, it's the home of g Easy, Mark Basie, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne, French Montana, T.I., etc., etc. You said you also run a record label. Yeah, so uh, I have... My local artist here, Top Flight, on my own record label. And, you know, for them, you know, we had two label situations that we could have been in. But I feel like if you have the right team around you and you understand the business a little bit, you know, you should go at it for yourself initially until you get, you know, exactly where you want to go. For sure, for sure. So, Fogo Management. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it seems like you uh, you kind of just came out of nowhere. I know that I I first got hip to you when you had one of the first uh, music summits out here. Um, what what really just got you started into the into the music industry? How did you know this was what you wanted to do? Well, um, actually, my t- uh, ties from Denver. I'm actually from Los Angeles, by the way, of a, a country called Cape Verde, and uh, I went to school out here. I went to Johnston Wells, played basketball out here. Uh, ended up, you know, making honorable mention All American. Went overseas for a couple of years to play ball, and then in 2013, I had a, a, a medical accident. So oh, wow. like one day, um, I went to the hospital. I wasn't feeling too well. They gave me some medicine. The medicine like almost killed me. Damn. So like I couldn't play ball for a whole year. So I was sitting there figuring out like, man, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do if I can't play anymore? You know. And I've always been a music person. My grandfather. Uh, he used to sing backup for Lena Horn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like I've always been a, like a crazy music guy, and we were talking earlier about the record collection, you know. So I was like, man, you know, this is probably the way for me to go because 
naturally, I mean, I went to college and everything, got good degrees and all that stuff, but naturally music was my calling. And then, um, you know, I'm a manager, so I'm always about networking. Mm -hmm. So when I was overseas, I actually met a bunch of people in the music business in different countries. Mm. And one of those people actually, like, went from that country to the U.S. and became a CEO of the clothing company, Dr. J's. Wow, So from there, like... I was like, okay, well, let me reach out to her and see what's up. You know, like, here's some of the things I could do. And she was like, you know, it's not an easy break-in to just break in initially. So maybe, you know, if you know some people, like, go be a manager or something and then find your way from there. So I've always known King Tef. Like, me and Tef are friends in college. Mm-hmm. His uh, his best friend growing up was one of my classmates. So me and Tef have been cool forever. And so I was like, you know, I seen one video one day and it was trash, man. Right? <laughs> I was like, this is trash, man. I, the, the raps, I get it, but this is trash. Right. And he was like, you you going to do something better? And I was like, sure. I'm in L.A. right now. What are y'all doing tomorrow? And he was like, we're not doing nothing. Okay, well, I'm going to fly to L.A. Right. So I flew him to L.A., shot a video, and then that's how I kind of got into all the management stuff, you know? Yeah, that's good that you broke that down because when I saw that you guys had linked up with Top Flight and what you were doing with them, mm-hmm. I was curious. As to like, I was like, hmm, out of all of the artists, why Top Flight? Mm. So that really does... Yeah, you know, that that explains that, and then also being able to see where they were at and what you took them to, because even regardless of the music or whatever, I, I think that Top Flight have, have always been, uh, they've always hustled, they've yeah, always bro. had that work ethic. Mm-hmm. So I think that's is that something that you saw in them too? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and I could say yes, but it kind of just really was that I knew Teth, and I actually know like all the other artists, so like I knew AP because I played basketball with his brother you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying I knew all these other guys but at the particular junction I didn't know their whole teams and their whole people around them personally and I and I knew Teth right personally like for a very very long time so it was like a situation where it was like okay I could help you know and then plus just with a lot of people don't understand like demographics right mm-hmm. so like as as a manager and as any kind of business person you kind of have to put yourself in a position to succeed and you have to look at the conditions around you you know so looking at the conditions around me and not knowing where Trev was going to be, not knowing where, you know, Amy was going to be, not knowing any of these guys, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the demographics of just where you're at, and you're like, okay, I want to do this. Who's going to give me the shortest path to success? Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I went one way or the other. It was kind of like this is what's in front of me. I'm looking at the demographics. I'm looking at their numbers. I'm looking at their ticket sales. Is this something that I'm going to be able to create something viable from? You know, mm, right. and that's how it kind of went. And it's probably easier to build with someone that you already have a, a relationship with, right? Yeah, and, and it's crazy because most people don't understand. Like me and Tef have like one of the weirdest, like cool relationships ever. Because like I literally go at him, and he literally goes at me. You know, and it's like <laughs> we can do that because you know at the end of the day, like we were friends before all this stuff, right? But you know, there's not too many artist manager situations where that like actually goes on because you know. In one situation, either the manager has all the power or the artist has all the power. Right. You know? And usually the artist has all the power. Right. But, you know, we have a certain level of respect and they understand what I've invested personally to be into the situation. So, you know, we have a good decorum of back and forth, you know? Okay. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask, nowadays with music being the way it is and all these different outlets and just the independence of the internet and streaming platforms and all that, how vital is it to have that manager on your side? Well... I tell everyone this initially, if you don't have good management from jump, it's over. Okay. Because there's some doors that are invisible that you need unlocked, you know? 
there's some relationships that you need to have and at some point you need that that springboard and if you're not coming up with these people it's just not going to work right. if you think about the last three years can you name me an artist that just came out of nowhere that didn't come from a camp or a clique mm. can't do it <laughs> not yeah. off top no. yeah. and if you think about it like I, the closest person I'd probably say would be Dash Loaf yeah. okay yeah but her manager knew some people and right. got her to Big Sean, got her to that. And plus, she's from a place with Detroit, and a lot of people don't understand how many actual artists come from Detroit. You know, it's a black city. They support their own. You know, local artists are on their summer jams right. in, 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 in a headlining fashion, you know, not on some, I'm going to put you first when nobody's there, you know? Right. So, you know, I, I used to think Dave East until I met Dave East's manager, Wayno, and then you start seeing the connections from him. So he's really the plug. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so, you know, once you got a manager that's the plug, it kind of makes just situations easier. And, you know, anybody could be a manager. Not everyone could be management. Mm. Makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. And I think questions that we get all the time, uh, at what point does an artist need a manager? Do they need one right when they start out, or do they need to get no, some? No, I, I think... Can I use you as an example? Uh, Please do. Uh, all right. <laughs> Please okay. do. Let me use you as an example. Okay. <laughs> so you're at the point from product that you put out. You got enough editorial content about you. You have the numbers that says, okay, I'm trending this way. You need management. Mm. Talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> the, general, the general artist doesn't. Eh. Because, you know, a, a part of this process is figuring it out. It's like being a chef, right? When you're a chef, there's not somebody coming over your head saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to teach you how to be this, that, and the third. You kind of just start cooking. Yeah, yeah. You right. know? And so as an artist, you gotta kind of start cooking, and you have to realize, do people like what I'm cooking? Because that's what most like artists don't understand. They think that, everyone thinks they have a story to tell. Yeah. And that's true. Everyone does. But the question is, does everyone want to hear your story? That's real. You know what I mean? Does that's everyone want to hear it? And, and that's the question you have to ask yourself. Like, if you're, you know, some guy that lives in Thornton and you you know you work at the factory and you come home and you got a wife and a kid people probably don't want to hear that yeah you know right or maybe they do if you can tell it the right way the right it, way exactly yeah. right and so and now and now you're like okay <clears throat> well you take a person like Eminem like necessarily no one wants to hear the trailer the trash story right? right but he painted it so vividly that people even if they weren't from the trailer trash were like man yeah this shit's fucked up like whatever it was that was happening to him you know it's fucked up Right. And that's the thing that artists need to do. So, you know, take the time and take the energy to invest into learning your craft first before you go and ask someone else for help, you know? Mm. Because that manager or management has to buy in. And if they don't buy into your story, if they don't buy into, you know, what you're talking about, it's not going to work. And it's like, I, I personally went through that. Like, if I use Top Flight, like, I personally went through that with them, you know? Mm. It was like, they had these really dope stories that they never told. Yeah. And so, like, I would wonder because we would do all these cool things and some things wouldn't connect. And then I sat back and I said, wait a minute. I don't think people really know you. Mm. If y'all really sat down and talked about, like, like just hipping himself, you know? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. talked about, like, what's really been going on with you, that's compelling. Tef, yo, you, you went through a lot as a, as a young person going to where you are now. If you tell that story 
Now people can sit back and say, man, I lost a brother. Or I can sit back and say, I had, you know, a disease that could have killed me. Or I was the dope man. Or I was this. You know what I mean? Like, you can have those conversations now. And somebody can have that connection to you, you know? Yeah. So. So should an artist try to tell their story? Or should they just try to make that generic club hit record? Because I think that's what a lot of ours fall into that trap. They they say, you know, I need to make make this hit. I need to make something that's going to hit in the club. See, here's the thing. You know, music is pretty much like the soundtrack to our lives. Definitely. And we all go to the club. So making club songs and club hits, there's nothing wrong with that, right? What happens is is that it's a perception of something that's not realistic to you, mm. right? So like as a person, like, you know, as a professional basketball player, most of my friends are in the NBA, like I've been in a club and spent ten grand. Yeah, yeah. I've been in clubs for twenty grand, right? Like no questions asked. Like I've done that. I've been, you know, in a situation where I made it rain. I popped bottles. I did all sort of stuff. Flex. If that's your life, no, no flex at all. <laughs> what to say? You know what I'm saying? Total flex. You know, <laughs> Heavy flex. Hey, you know it's good credit, man. <laughs> so, if that's your life, talk about it, right? If your life is not that, talk about what it's like to be a regular person in a club trying to holler at a girl. Right. And you got to worry about oh, there's a Bronco player in there. There's dope man over there. Right. Like, but I'm still fly enough. I'm about to gas this chick. Have that conversation. Artists pay attention. Have that Definitely. conversation because, like, I know what this story is going to be. If you tell me hey, I'm a G, this girl out of everybody else, and this is how I'm going to do it, <laughs> I'm more compelled to listen to that. Right. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay, I want to see how you swabbed it. I want to see how you finessed it. And, and and that's why, like, I think people. Even without the money, why people connected to Drake mm. so well? Because he was having the conversation of a 25-year-old American black male. Right. Like, just the, the, the standard one. Not like the hood dude. Like, you was just some standard guy. You just graduated from college. You had you a decent job. Yeah. You got a little bit of dough. You could take a girl to a nice dinner. Yeah. Like, that's that conversation he was having. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. Relatable. It, it was relatable. Yeah. And, and that's what you want to do. So, you, you know, learn to relate. That's the first thing. And then, you know, don't bombard people. If your shit is dope, people will find you. Mm. It might take today, it might take tomorrow, but people will find you. You know? Everything is not an overnight success. And that's the biggest thing I tell artists. Like, 10 years in the making, brother. Yeah. So you look, start, you know, take a clock back to a time track back to where you started. Has it been four or five years? Mm. Has it been two years? Do you think because you put one mixtape track out, you were supposed to be the man and you're supposed to get booked at the clubs and all these shows? Not. Like, it's not that way, you know? Word, word. That's a good point that you bring up. So what's the difference between spamming someone versus trying to create a relationship? The problem with almost every artist is that almost every artist wants people to give to them and they want to take from people, but they don't want to give in return. Right. Right. So, if you're a really dope artist, your whole thing initially should be focused solely on giving someone else an experience. Right? Like, I want to give you an experience so that you connect to me. Wow. So, like, say, for example, when I walked in today, I came in, I was like, man, I'm doing this. I just want to have a pizza party. I just want everybody to sit down and have pizza and just yeah. chop it up. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, let's put everything to the side, whatever everybody got. You know what I'm saying? Let's just sit down and build. Let's right. all get in the same room. And you, who knows what's going to happen from that? Definitely. I want to create connections with people. So we sit down and say, hey, we have more in common than we think. And we're all trying to go to the same place. How do we take our skills and put them together to do that? So as an artist, 
try to find ways initially to bring value to the person that you want to become a fan of you, right? Hey, you know what? The first five people, I'm dropping this new track. If you could tell me what happens on this line, you get a t-shirt from me, right? Mm-hmm. And that just builds value. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, you know what? The first 15 people that show me they bought their CD, you know what I'm saying? I'm having an ice cream party, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to make some, like, I don't know, some margarita popsicles or something. Like <laughs> right. That. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just get lit. Like, I'm going to have a dope little house party. Something to bring more than just your music. Because, you know, if you look at the facts, people only have 15 seconds of immersion now mm-hmm. with content. Yeah. So after 15 seconds, they're gone. What's going to keep them there? Especially if they don't know you. And I personally have seen you actually, people who you want to do business with, I've seen you, you've taken them out to eat, you've bought food for them. So it's not just, um, hey, you know, I want to talk business, but you have yeah. actually created yeah. this experience. You've given up something yeah, and, before I mean, you've even day, asked for and something. Half of in this return. For you. So, like, if I'm like taking you to dinner, I'm eating too. So, right. half of yeah. this for me, dog. So, right. I'm like, yo, like, if I'm giving you a good experience, I want to give myself a good experience at the same time. And if I know that I'm getting a good experience, then I'm pretty sure that you are, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's the thing. It's like we don't think that way. Like that's the problem with like the urban community, the minority community, and the black community just in general, right? right? Like if you look at oil companies, they have multi-million dollar budgets just for entertainment and not necessarily because, you know, they're like, hey, I want to do business with you. I'm going to take you to a nice place. I'm going to sit down and talk to you. We're going to do the golf weekend. We're going to do yeah. all this stuff so that we have a networking connection. And the next time I know I need something, I could go to you. You could go to me, vice versa. Right. And we don't do that. We, do, we, we want people to help us. But if they don't help us, fuck them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right, right. That's how it ends up. That's real. That's real that you say that, man. I feel like um, we've kind of been trying to ride that path with this whole Life is Dope podcast and the community type vibe. So when we have people come through, man, we want to make sure you got something to drink, go on, chill, have conversation, build that environment so that you can want to come back or tell somebody else to come check it out and not just be like, yo, let's flood y'all with promo for the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that, that was not right it, there. And it's dope because, uh, you know, that first thing I came in, like, I'm all about, like, environment and ambiance and that stuff. And I, yeah. I saw the records and I was like, yo, like, yeah. that's ill because if we're talking about music, like, really give me some nostalgia. Like, nostalgia wins, you know, yeah. like. You know, we always talk about, like, who's the best rapper, and no one ever talks about a rapper right now. We talk about Pac, Biggie, because that's our nostalgia, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you want to bring that to people all the time, and and I see y'all doing that right now. So that's why, like, I hit y'all up. Like, normally I'd be, like, in the back, I don't want nobody to say nothing to me, nothing. I was like, yo, man, I got to come holler at them real quick. Yeah, man, we we definitely appreciate that. So who is the best rapper right now? Right. Just in general? Yeah, in general. Right now. (laughs) <laughs> Drake mm. Mm. What do you think? Hold on, let me take a sip <laughs> I, I, I can break this down <laughs> Yeah, okay. break it down first I can break this down Because there's some people that There's some people that might uh, disagree with you Yep I can break this down Okay To me Life is about space and time, right? Right If I took the three best rappers I think right now Which would be Drake Kendrick That third one always gets tough. You know what? Actually, my personal preference, I would, I think everybody would say J. Cole. I wouldn't say that, though. Okay. Um, For me right now. He'll say 21. Nah. (laughs) Tech 9. If if we talk about just work that was put out recently, Uh. 
I gotta go with Ross. Okay, I thought okay. you. I thought you was gonna I, say Big Sean. I'm not gonna disagree. I with gotta that. go with Ross, and I, and I'll tell you the difference between Big Sean and Ross. Mm. I feel like Big Sean has figured out twenty different ways to make the same song. That's a fact. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like he's the only rapper in the last ten years that's actually gotten progressively better. Right. Right. But I just feel like every time I hear a Big Sean song, I forget it like twenty years later. <laughs> And there's no place for it in my real life. Right, right. You know what I mean? And I think I think there has been a progression from Rick Ross just as a business owner, as a man, because we've seen him gone from drug dealing to buying back the block, to mm. opening up business, to really promoting entrepreneurial. Yeah, so and if you listen to, like, when I actually listen to his thing, I want to see exactly where you're at right now. Right. Like, I have this argument about why people don't consider Jay-Z to be the top rapper. Right. Hold on ever. real quick, though, before you get to that. Let's argue about why you say Drake is the best okay. rapper out right now. Okay. Because so, I thought he's like a late night Caribbean singer. Yeah, yeah I, I, he's not a rapper to me anymore. Okay. But go ahead. Well, <laughs> to me, I think about when I listen to a person, I think about where they're at in their lives, right? Like how they actually live. Right. And the thing I can say, like Kendrick is a really dope rapper to me, but when I listen to his stories, I don't necessarily see him in the picture. Mm. I, okay, I can see that. I don't see him in the picture, right? right? It's like the thing about J. Cole is that you can see that J. Cole's in that picture. Mm-hmm. Like that picture is J. Cole. Yeah, he's folding clothes. Yeah, that's, that, that's him. You know what <laughs> I mean, he, you know, like that's J. Cole. You could totally see that. Right. With Kendrick, is like Kendrick says some dope stuff, but I can't picture Kendrick in that environment. And, you know, I, I'm from South Central Los Angeles, bro. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know what it's like. And when I heard Section 80 or Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's Kendrick. Right, right. He's in that. He's in that vibe. Right. But now I hear this now, and I'm just like, this shit is so dope that there's no way this could possibly be just him. Mm. Right. Like that. I mean, I know how the business works. So there's like 40, 50 people sitting in the room sometimes, and it's like bouncing ideas off and stuff like that. That like, kind of hurt. That like, kind of hurt. I ain't gonna no lie. No way it could be him. Come on, come what? on, Kenny. Don't tell, well, tell me about Drake so. though. Okay. So for same Drake, thing can be said about Drake. You're right. Definitely. But you're right. You can say that. And if you take I don't want to go into more life, but if I took views, mm-hmm. and from a person that's actually been around Drake, like like as recently as like flex. last week, yeah, I saw the snaps, nigga. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah, we see you. You ain't got the flex on us. All right, <laughs> he's really like this. Mm. He's really like this cornball, but super cool, right? Regular dude, and the stuff that he says, like if if people just sat there, and like I know in my life when I process it. I understand every single thing he's talking about. Like, to me. Like, my side girl got a 5S with the screen cracked. <laughs> Realest life, hey, and line and ever. I mean, <laughs> like, nobody helped him write that. And you had to really, you know. I have mean, you ever, have you ever had a girl come to your house and, like, and you just look at her shoes and you're like, <laughs> man, I just want to buy a new pair of shoes because these shits ain't right? You ever had that happen? I can't say, like, but like, how about like you, pair, baby? Like, nobody ever came to my house. You know, I, I usually just be reading the Bible and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, right. What you do? Okay, my bad, dog. You know what That's I, what you be doing. I, I've had that happen. I've had a girl come with, you know, one of those pair of cons that you just, you know, roll around with. I'm uh, like, baby, man, you know, you need to buy you some new shoes. I need to buy you some new shoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or you see a phone, like, cracked, and it's like, you work at the mall. How's your phone cracked? Right, you work at T-Mobile. You work at T-Mobile. Like, what's going Shout on? Shout out to all the side chicks that work at T-Mobile. Ain't no mall shaming now. Hey, I'm not shaming the mall. I'm shaming the cracked screen. In the mall, you know, crack screen shaming. <laughs> I'm shaving the crack screen in the mall. Okay, I can see that. I can see that, Drake. I get that. I think with me, Kendrick, I've been a Kendrick fan for a while now. Mm-hmm. But then when Good Kid, Mad City dropped, 
that felt like, like how you say you see people in that scenario, like that felt like my life around that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. from high school, just, all right, I'm hanging out with the, the dope boys and the drug dealers, but that's not me, but I know this environment because I'm kicking it with them. So like from there on, I was like, Kendrick's the greatest. And now it's like he's painting these pictures and it's more complex, and I'm just like, nobody can do what Kendrick is doing. Yeah. So technically, he's technically he's probably the best. Technically, yeah, right. Like when it comes to like being a purist, and you're looking at it like, man, can you put songs together? Do you have complex ideas that you could rope into something that's like really, really small, right. like and I could process it? Yes, but can I sit down and say to myself, "Good Kid, Mad City"? Kendrick was like, "Yo, there was cluckers in my house." Selling my Nintendo, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I, like that's actually happened to me. Like, <laughs> right. my parents, was, you know, were druggies, and I, like I actually seen my Atari get sold. Right. So, like, right. I crazy. get that, bro. Like in South Central, I get that. Yeah. But I went to go listen to Damn and, and our DNA. Mm-hmm. Now DNA is a dope song. Crazy. It's crazy, Shout right? Like I'm Will. like, yo, this is crazy. But I'm sitting there saying, the way it was put together. Mm-hmm. It could have just been him. Please don't say that, man. You know what I'm saying? If it is, if it is, if it is. Don't do that to me, man. If it is. Okay. And you know what's crazy? We had some guests come through. Matter of fact, I think it was Top Flight. And they were like, some of your favorite artists get a lot of help. And if you knew what they did, it would hurt your heart. And I told them, don't tell me. And I think you just told me, man. So, oh, but it, nah. it, it, it is, oh. it's help in a different way, right? Okay. It's not like okay, I'm sitting down, straight up writing your lyrics, right? Yeah. It's just like in life, like like this is a collaboration, right? Right. Here, right? Definitely. So, like everyone's input is vital in order for this to work, and that's yeah. the same thing with you know the music industry. Like I, I was in a, I, did, I ran an A and R session for a top ten rapper of all time, mm-hmm. and the level of people I saw in there working on this stuff. I was like, I did not know. But then when I saw the finished product and how it was all put together, mm-hmm. it was very much still that top 10 rapper's yeah. voice. Right. It was right. very much him. But it was like, okay, where do I add the melody? Where do I add this kind of breakdown? Right. Where are we putting a bridge at? Can I rap like this and this sounds okay? You know what right. I'm saying? And it's like, that's more understandable. Maybe Kendrick is just elevated to that level because I'm, I'm looking at the credits. Yeah. And I'm not really seeing too many different names on there. Like, you can look at a Drake record and see yeah. Q Miller on there. Yeah. You can see 40 on there. Right, right, right. Like, it looks like... Yeah. And I think he's he may be getting help in the sense of when you're on a label such as TDE and your label mates are J-Rock mm-hmm. and Schoolboy Q but, and, that's what and Axel, yeah. you can just feed off of that energy. Because it's just all fire. Everybody yeah. around y'all sitting in the room and y'all vibing and it's yeah. like somebody might have said something and you were like, okay, I'm going to flip it. And that's how it went, you know? Right. Okay. I get that. Because, you know, from a designer's aspect, I always look at it like that. Like, when I'm making, let's say, a flyer, mm-hmm. I'm getting all these elements from different places. You send me your sure. photos, whatever, and I'm putting it together, but nobody can quite put, put it, it together, together the way, way I'm doing it. put it together, So, yeah. I, I try to look at it like that. But then when it's, like, the real MCs that are like, yo, I'm an MC, you got to write your rhymes, bro. Like from yeah. the, I get the contributing factor, yeah. but like, yeah, I'm not even, right. I'm not even talking about being in the studio. I'm talking about if Kendrick and Absol are just kicking it and having a conversation, and he's and like, the, that was the, a bar. The level of consciousness you could yeah. probably get from just kicking it with those guys in mm-hmm. TDE, right? And just take that type of energy and put it on a record. Yeah, and, and and most of your like really top artists, they they have that weird shit about them. Like, yeah, I like being in a studio with Ti. 
like this dude is like a different flex. guy. Yeah. Like no flex, no flex. <laughs> like, like I was just, I literally had a conversation with him on how we've never went to the moon, and it was like a forty-five minute conversation. Wow. And it was just like, bro, you like you recording right now? He's like, no, no, no. You just, we just got to sit down and go through this. And he made like fifteen of us sit down, and like each person, like, why do you think there's been people on the moon? And I'm sitting there like. <laughs> You ain't got shit to do with nothing else. Level of but you know, it, it like it was making his mind turn a certain way. Right. And then he was like, after that, the conversation he walked in the studio, laid the verse. And I was yeah. like, he probably just used this for something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't really, I didn't right. really like, that out until the end. You know, like, I need yeah. a point for that. Right. For real. All right, man. Let's rewind a little bit because you were saying, um, you know, coming up in in LA and in that environment. Let's just talk a little bit about that and how your upbringing has contributed to where you are now. Um, you know, I got one of those crazy weird upbringings. Like, uh, I was uh, abandoned when I was a kid with mm-hmm. my parents. So I, I grew up in, like, group homes, orphanage, or with my grandfather, stuff like that. So I kind of, like, from jump kind of had, like, the it's me against the world kind of thing going on, right? But in a positive way, you know, I wasn't trying to mess with nobody. My sisters actually were, like, the dope people in the neighborhood. Yeah. So, like. Allegedly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, my <laughs> shout out to my sister Star. She sees this, you know, OG chicken soup. LBC. Oh, so um, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my sister is like, my sisters were the big homies, like mm. growing up. So like, you know, kind of watching to see the stuff that they did. You know, was like, yo, man, I can't mess with what they doing over there. I'm gonna just go hoop and, and go to school. You right. Know? So luckily for me, they realized I could read pretty early. So they put me in like, you know, magnet schools and all that stuff. Nice. So you know, I would take the bus from one situation to, like, school with a bunch of, you know, Jewish kids and, like, you know, like, one of my classmates was a kid from the Sandlot and, like, all this other shit. Oh, you know? Like, yeah, like, like, uh, like, it was like, crazy. <laughs> and kids would be pulling up in Range Rovers and stuff. And then I'd go back home and, like, right. share a Slurpee with the homie. You know what I mean? Because right, right. we got it on a free coupon, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so it, it was kind of one of those situations. But, you know, seeing that, and the great thing about, you know, that hurts me, for people who can't experience is that I grew up in Los Angeles. And when you grow up in Los Angeles, like, you got a certain type of hunger that other people don't have. Mm. So if you look at, like, professional sports, one-fourth one of the NBA is from, from L.A. One-fifth of the NFL is from L.A. Right. One-fifth of the Major League Baseball is from L.A. We grow up competing. Mm. Right? Right. We grow up like, yo, you ain't the enemy, but you got what I want. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we grow up like that. And it's not on some, like, you know, I want to kill you, I want to hurt you. It's just, like, we grow up competing. Right. So you want to go to the best schools. You want to be the best player. You want to do this. You want to do that. And, like, I just thought about, like, you know, my senior year in high school, my first 10 games, each team had an NBA player on it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, bro, like, you only got one way to go but up. If you see that, if you take that and internalize that, you're like, man, I got to go. So I did that, ended up getting a scholarship actually to play football and basketball in college. Went strictly to basketball. That kind of worked out. But, you know, like me being in this position right now, it really got shaped when I was seven, eight, or nine. Okay. Just in, in not having nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like being on EBT, you know, food stamps. Right. You know, I don't know if anybody's grandma ever gave him like, Poo stamps to go get chips and, hey, and all that other yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? That, that was that <laughs> yeah. was my grandma. My Reach. grandma used to put, you know, make ice cream salt sandwiches and 
All kinds ice of cream salt. <laughs> ice cream salt sandwich. Yeah. Ice cream salt. Yeah, ice cream and salt sandwiches, man. You know, yeah. like you get that big five dollar tub of ice cream and you got it for like six months. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's real. Yeah, so you know, I came from that, man. So like, you know, coming up doing that and then ending up out here for college, it was like crazy because it was a gift and a curse for me in both ways. You mm. know, like coming out here is like you ain't got nothing to do but work. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was in the gym, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, especially in the winter, snowing and shit. I'm like, F this, I'm going to the gym. But in the same token, it was bad because everyone in the community is not committed to growth. Mm, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Real. everyone in the community is not committed to growth the way that they should. You know, and I don't know them personally, but just being in an environment where you, if you go to L.A. and you work, obviously you've been out there, people want you to grow. Like, if you got a podcast, hey, man, how we make this the best podcast? Hey, right. you a singer, let me throw you in the room with this person, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, like, out here, it's not like that mentality, you know? It's right, like, right. Everybody for themselves. Yeah. I got to be first. I got to be the man. Competitive. Yeah. yeah. But, like, in the wrong way, you know? Right. Not to make us all better. Right, right, right. Right, right, right. So, when it comes to focal management, mm-hmm. what do you think the vision is for you guys? And what's kind of the ultimate goal that you hope to achieve uh, with your management company? My ultimate goal, honestly, is, like, if I could be the guy to be the catalyst to put people in the city on, I want to be that guy. Nice. Right? Like, a management company is just like your parents. We're here to, like, rear you up, get your life on your own, and you go on your own way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it, man. I'm like, like, you don't see me taking credit for shit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be on no billboards. If you ever look at pictures of my guys, I used to put my head down, like, Ain't our job. Our job is to, you know, make sure that the buttons are being pushed, you know? Okay. So, but our vision for that is like, hey, if it was up to me, I would manage every person in the city I could, you mm-hmm. know? Like if, and I'm working on actually like training managers, you know? Okay. So, like, I would train every person in the city hmm. because there's a way to make money in this if you go about it strategically. Right, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? There's a way to make money in this. And if that's your goal, because when I talk to people, they're like, how do I make this a business? Well, you got to make it a business by start running it like a business, you know? Yeah. What's sure. our plan? What's our strategy? Do we have a business plan? Do we have a mission statement? Do we have all these other things? Right. And we go from there. So that's my goal with that. Obviously, I would, you know, my personal self, I want to be Puff. Puff's my hero in the world. You right. You know, like, that's a guy I see and I'm like, man, I want to have a management company. I want to have my own beer, my own socks. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like. Real talk, yeah. Like, well, hey. Yeah. Because you know, I just got ideas like that, so that's where I see myself. But more importantly, it's like, how do I take these people out here who want to be artists and make them better, mm. and make them see their own light first? You know, because that's like part of the management stuff. Like with Top Flight, I shut them down for a year to make it music. Yeah, because I wanted them to see their own light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you kind of don't do that when you like in the mix of working all the time. Right. You don't see your own light. So you know, like your designs and you singing, it's like. You got numbers, you're getting stuff, and then you're not sitting there taking a step back going like, damn, I really did that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really did that. Now, how do I capitalize on that and make that, you know, better the next time? Yeah. Word. So. Okay. So, yeah, when it comes to, uh, you started to touch on something. What are some of the red flags that artists should be aware of when it comes to finding a manager? Mm. Like, what are some of the bad manager qualities where an artist might need to get out. And then to add on to that, once you answer that, what are the correct ways to approach a possible manager? Mm. Okay. 
red flag if you're an artist. If he's into video dancing. Mm. <laughs> well, you know what? Come to, come to death row. If he charges you out the gate, $10 to let me talk to you. So, if you have a really good manager, like a high-level manager, they're going to charge you out the gate. And they should. Okay. Like, without question. Because their connections and their knowledge is invaluable. Mm. If you're really trying to do this, right? Mm. Now, if you're just like somebody that is passing the time, don't do it. Like, artist, if you don't have real capital to invest in yourself, don't do this, right? Because this is a brick-and-mortar business more than anything else. You need money, yep. right? You need money. There is so many gatekeepers along the way. You need money. There's never been a person in the history of modern music that has, like, recorded a song in their basement and became a star. Right, right. Right? You need it. You Like, even just to make your visuals better. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you want somebody dope on the hook? Yeah. You should just be on the hook for free? Nah. 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 You know what I'm saying? You need art. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not free. It ain't free, like, <laughs> At so, all. Red flag. If that manager is charging you and the manager has no connections, right? That's red flag, right? Mm. Ask him who he knows. Ask him to put you on the phone with people. Ask him to take you to the people he knows, right? If you don't have those connections, it's a waste of time. Second red flag I would say for a manager is that he doesn't understand your brand and your music, mm. right? Like, they don't have to like it. Got to understand it. just got to understand it, right? right? Initially. Now, once you start moving down the way, they have to love it, you know? But initially, you know, a good manager is going to try to tweak everything. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, even if it's, like... Because if you were that fire, you wouldn't even need a manager. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Right. So, right. Right. but coming up, the second question. Was, yeah, how do you approach a possible manager? If you're out, if you're a young artist looking for management, you're doing your thing. How do you even like come to a Michael Gomez? Like, man. Well, it depends. If you're in two places, if you're popping, I'm gonna find you. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna find you. Definitely. Right. If you're popping, I it's gonna get in my ear somehow. I'm gonna find you. Right, and if you're not popping, what I would say is take your creativity to the next level, right? Because I, you know, like I'll use this guy behind me right here, right? Like who's behind? You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Grigsby, right? Shout hey. out Grigsby. So, and it's like I kind of see where he can go. Right, right, right. He's not there yet, but I kind of see it, right? And and like. I mean, I could. First time I was ever in a room with G Easy, I was like, "Hell no, <laughs> hell no!" Nah. Like I literally was at his first meeting when he signed. Hell no, nah. flex. Yeah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> but like, I got what they saw. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, "No way!" Right. Now and then, that. one year later, he was at Red Rocks with Wayne. I'm like, "Ah, oh. yeah." You know what I mean? <laughs> but his creativity. Yeah. Right, and what he's trying to accomplish is that he's trying to tell you his life, but he's not saying hook. Hook. He's like, you know what? He's got a video where it's just like charcoal sketchings, mm. and it's like him and his whole life, and it's just charcoal sketchings. Like the video, it's like, bro, creativity. That's just creative. Like, it don't take it don't take much to be creative. Yeah. You know, I don't want to see you, you know, doing a video with the same white screen with the same this and all that. Like. Do something. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's what I would say. Either be creative with your music, as eclectic as you possibly can be, mm -hmm. or just be popping. Word. So you got this conference coming up. Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk a little bit about that and um, just how you got into doing the conferences and all that. Okay. So I pretty much got into the conferences out of frustration. Mm. And, you know, in the world, the best way to make money is to solve a problem, right? Yeah. So I got extremely frustrated at everything that I was seeing out here in terms of artists, management, clubs, radio. You know, this city is probably the worst place in America in terms of the entire scope of what's happening. Right. And I don't, you know, at first I kind of sat back and thought it was the artists. I don't blame them because it ain't them. Right? Right. It has to do with the fact that, like something I, I, I just noticed, there's no OGs here. Right? There's just no OGs mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, you might have one or two or threes, you know, you might have a Francois, mm-hmm. a Kevin Kane, those kind of guys, and they're very much in a different lane, you right. know? But there's no OGs, so there's no person that you can go to and be like, how do we do this? How do we do that? And then we don't have enough of our people in the proper places. Yeah. So if you go to, like, L.A., there'll never be a program director in L.A. that's not black or Hispanic. Right, right, okay. right. never happen, right? And I might say, you don't have to be nothing. Urban. Like, these top guys, they're... They're in that position, so they always got their ear to the street. They know what's going on, right? And that's not to knock anybody that was at at that at KS or any yeah, of those guys. Yeah, Berman's dope, Big Star's dope, but we need some of our own people starting to infiltrate these places. Right, right. You know what I mean? Facts. And, some, and somebody, Big everybody facts. can't be a star. You know what I mean? So I sat down. I was like, okay, well, if everybody can't be a star, and all people can see is the artist and the venue. Right, that's all people see here. Because you know, yeah. if you're going through your Facebook, your social medias, you're not seeing. Like to me, art is everything to me. Graphic designers, are everything to me. Right? Because sure. I like, I'm an art guy. Like, yeah. y- you need that. You know, you need that visual. Especially that's the first time people are contacting you. An like album cover, mm-hmm. your face, something like that. So art is everything. You need people who understand hip hop and graphic design. You need that. Right? You need podcasts. Right. You need. People who are promoters. You need people who are working at AEGs. You need all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go to LA, New York, Miami, Atlanta, we have that. You don't have it here. So I decided I'm going to start bringing the people here so maybe people here can see them yeah. and kind of be like, okay, this is viable for me. Right. This is a viable path. I might not be a star, but I could go to radio. I could go to corporate. I could be a graphic designer at Def Jam. You know, mm-hmm. I could be an engineer at, at Warner, like, these are some of the ends, you know? So I was like, let me just bring them here. Like, I know them. Yeah, yeah. Let me just bring them, you know? And then we did the first one. We had it on Sirius, you know? Like, that's a connection that I have, like, that I established from 10 years ago. And that's why networking is so important, because that was something I kept in the bag from 10 years ago. Right. So, and also, it, it seems like the, uh, the, the market for music out here, the, the money doesn't really circulate well. Mm-hmm. As it does in LA or Atlanta, because there's artists in Atlanta who will never have to leave Atlanta, and they can make a living off of it. Houston, Memphis, right? Because the music is not the culture here, right? Okay. So, and, and that's sheer demographics, right? Yeah, yeah. That's to do with it. Colorado being one of the most Caucasian states in America, you're dealing with people who are moving in for oil, weed, and they're not usually like quote unquote hip hop people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have businesses that have. Their bottom line is how many drinks they can pour versus what kind of experience that I'm giving the people. 
You know, so you're running into that, and then you're running into the, the climate of no one wants to go into the business because they're scared that somebody's going to shoot the business up. And right. They, and it's not even like the, the person getting shot. It's the insurance liability that falls behind it, you know? Right. right. So, you know, that's where all this came from. And, and I just wanted to sit down and be like, man, we can be more than artists. We can be more than professional athletes. We could be business people. Right. But in order for us to do that, we kind of have to see it first. Facts. You know, and the scary thing here is that everybody's been getting killed by all these people coming in, being like, oh, "I'm from Ozone Magazine yeah, or yeah, XXL yeah. and all this other shit," and it's not true, or they don't deliver what they promise. Like, I'm dream from, sellers, man, yeah. everywhere. I'm two of these already, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Word, man. We definitely appreciate you, bro. I'm, I'm gonna holler at you off the mic personally because yeah. I got a lot of knowledge I need, man. But uh, we definitely appreciate you. If there's something you could leave the world with, just some, some more knowledge, what would that be? Um, first and foremost, like this conference right now, just the people who are going to be there, mm -hmm. you're not getting that anywhere in America, like period under no circumstance, mm -hmm. like from Gene Nelson, Gene Nelson, literally that's Biggie Kim. Yeah. Nicki Minaj. That's, mm. that's them. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's Drake. Everything that you've ever seen from Drake come from my guys. Right. Yeah. Kayambo is, is, is Kanye West. Ooh, shout out to Kayambo, right? and and they that's actually a, met hip hop, right? Yeah, hip hop. Yeah. That's Kayambo Joshua. And they yeah. actually met at the music conference. Kanye met Kayambo at the music conference. Yeah, and so it's like you got to put yourself in proximity of what it is that you're trying to accomplish, no matter what it is in life. If you want something, you have to put yourself around it, right? No, like whatever it takes. You gotta put yourself around it. There's never been a person that's ever been successful just doing them. Right. You know? That's gotta put yourself around the right minds, right people, the right ideas, the right thoughts, and especially artists, you know, because you need that. You need that inspiration. You need to soak stuff up. And it's like, like my guys are very much believers in urban people, mm. especially young black men. They're very much believers in that, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're like, yo, we wanna come out here and not just. We don't make no money off the conference. Like I've actually lost probably seventy five thousand dollars off this. Ouch. So I just want people to notice I've lost seventy five k doing this. Commitment. These guys have to fly first class. They got to stay at the Four Seasons, right? You know, like they need food, they need payments. You know, like that's coming out of my pocket, right? Like, no one else's, right? No sponsors, no nothing. Like the money that I saved and I made, that's where this is going to, and it's solely because I want people. To sit back and go like, yo, like, I could do something else. And mm -hmm. our job, it might not be us. Our job might be like, yo, there's a 14-year-old right now at A Central, in ninth grade right now, that might be the next dude. You know? There might be a kid at Arvada West that might be the next Bieber. That's our job. We right. got to go find him. You right. know? And so maybe this conference inspires somebody to go be a manager. Go you know, be a talent scout. Go be a buyer. Go be something like that so we can have the infrastructure so when that kid comes... Mm -hmm. We got real, you know, awesome, man. So real quick, how can people get in touch with you? Where can we find you at social media? Fogo management. You can find me on all social medias. President Gomez, me personally, President Gomez one on all social medias. Go to www.fogomanagement.com, and uh, you know, if you out about, you'll see me. Hey, word, man. We appreciate you for coming through, man. My man, President Gomez. Stop sending. Oh, stop. Ahead. Okay, artists, please stop making CDs, right? It's the digital world. That's real. Stop making CDs, bro. You're wasting your money. 
take that money and, and make get better beats. <laughs> Stop with the CDs, bro. That's hey, that's real. That's a very real point. I got three uh, it, CDs in my car right now, and I don't know how to play. You just can't it. make money from it. <laughs> we, we can't. We can't count it. Yeah. You can't make money. I want you to make money, dog. You you buying a thousand dollars with the CDs. Take that money and get you a publisher administrator, and he's gonna go get that money that you stream. Right. Stop buying CDs. Real. Hey. <laughs> Stop buying CDs. Stop, Stop making them. CDs. Stop all that shit. Stop no it. CDs. Twenty seventeen. Stop it. Don't worry, man. President Gomez, man. Let's make some noise real quick. Hey. We appreciate you coming through, bro. Life is dope. I'm your man, Graffiti. I'm Davey. Work. Be cool. And we've got music's biggest stars all week long. Performances by John Legend, Little Big Town, Machine Gun Kelly, and Common. And appearances by Usher, Josh Groban, Queen Latifah, and more. Get ready, y'all. The Kelly Clarkson Show, all new season two. Weekdays at three on NBC Bay Area. This is the sound of regular water droplets. This is the sound of vitamin water droplets. Regular water, vitamin water. Regular water, vitamin water. Hey, come on now. Vitamin water. It has vitamins, but also parties. Copyright 2020, Glasso.